If you died tomorrow, what would you be remembered for? It's a question that we all ask ourselves at some point in our lives, and while we don't really have control over the answer, the choices we make can certainly influence the legacy we leave behind. The world-famous Greco-Roman hero known as Hercules, or Heracles if you prefer, knew this. And when he was visited by the divine personifications of vice and virtue and offered the choice between an easy and simple life or a painful, glorious life, he didn't hesitate. Hercules didn't just choose door number two, he kicked that thing down. And while to this day there's not a single household in the Western world that doesn't know his name, he actually accomplished so much that some of his minor achievements have been completely forgotten about. Everyone and their mother knows about the 12 labors of Hercules, I've even covered them on this channel. But what you may not have realized is that in the process of accomplishing those 12 nearly impossible tasks, he finished a whole other to-do list. That other to-do list is unofficially known as the nine minor labors of Hercules. And in this episode of Greek Mythology Explained, I'm telling you the stories behind each one, as well as finding all the references to them in the Disney movie, because why not? So for those who don't remember, the reason that Hercules had to complete the 12 labors in the first place is because his psycho stepmom, Hera, cursed him with a madness that caused hallucinations that his family was a bunch of monsters trying to attack him. So while defending himself, he brutally murdered his wife, Megara, their children, and in some versions, his nephews. After regaining his sanity, he went to an oracle to see how to atone for his sins, but he didn't know the oracle was on Hera's payroll, and she told him that he had to complete a bunch of labors for King Eurystheus, who, fun fact, sat on the throne that Zeus himself had originally reserved for Hercules. The reason I'm giving you this context is so that you know our boy Herc is a single man at this point. And when he heard the hand of Princess Dionyra was up for grabs, he threw his pelt in the ring. Get it? Because he wears a lion's pelt instead of a hat? Anyway, Hercules wasn't the only one vying for Dionyra's attention. She had suitors throughout Greece. But once they heard Hercules was interested, they retracted their offers out of fear of having to compete with him. Well, there was one exception. Achilles, the river god, who felt that because of his divine nature, he should have first dibs. Big surprise, Hercules didn't see it that way, so he challenged the puny god to a fight for the right to marry her, and not wanting to look like a scared little bitch boy, Achilles refused to back down. To his credit, Achilles actually held his own for a while, even though Hercules started out the fight with a pretty cheap tactic and threw sand in his eyes. During their scuffle, the god changed his form from that of a large humanoid to a serpent to to a bull, but he just wasn't able to get the better of his opponent. And while he was a bull, Hercules grabbed one of his horns and broke it off. In the words of the poet Ovid, that shit hurt like a motherfucker. So Achilles tapped out immediately, meaning our hero had earned himself a new trophy wife. Now to those of you who feel bad for Achilles, don't bother because if it were up to Dianyra, she would have chosen Hercules anyway. And he did eventually get his horn back from Hercules by trading him for the horn of Amalthea, the goat that foster-fed Zeus. Amalthea's horn is known as the cornucopia and the horn of plenty and provided unending nourishment for whoever possessed it. Quite a handy gadget for a hero. Long, long before the days of Heracles, the titan Cronus chopped off his father's balls and tossed him into the ocean below Olympus. But on their way down, some blood dripped on Earth's soil, and so the goddess Gaia, who personified the Earth, gave birth to Uranus's last litter of children. 
the giants. Similar to Norse mythology, giants in Greek mythology were not all massive in size, but they were incredibly strong and very aggressive making them dangerous opponents during the Gigantamachy. The Gigantamachy was the conflict that Disney's Hercules took inspiration from. Sometime after the Olympians seized control of the cosmos, the giants rebelled, and Hercules played a pivotal role in fending them off. We aren't sure of the exact event that triggered the giants' uprising. Apollodorus says they were encouraged by Gaia, who wanted revenge on Zeus for his treatment of the Titans which is an angle that Santa Monica Studios used for the original God of War trilogy. Other variants claim it was the fault of the giant Alkyonis for stealing Helios' cattle. Either way, we're told that during the Gigantamachy, Hercules shot Alkyonis with a bow and arrow, but couldn't kill him because the giant was immortal on his native soil. The solution? Hercules dragged Alkyonis to a foreign land and let him bleed out among strangers. There's another version where their fight doesn't happen during the Gigantamachy and Hercules just stumbles on Alkyonis while he's sleeping. And under the advice of Athena, he carefully drags him over the border and shoots him while he's still asleep. No matter how Hercules did it, Alkyonis' seven daughters were all pretty sad about it. So when they found their father's body, they threw themselves off a cliff and the goddess of the sea, Amphitrite, turned them into kingfishers, a kind of bird. And they'd be forever known as the Alkyonides. The giants weren't the only race of creatures that Hercules ran into problems with though. And we'll talk about his bloody brawl with the centaurs after I shout out our sponsor, Mint Mobile. If saving more and spending less is one of your top goals for 2023, then one of the first changes you should make is switching your phone plan to Mint Mobile. I finally broke free from my parents' phone plan and switched to Mint Mobile back in December, and I've been utterly impressed. The service is at least as good as the other major carrier that I used to rely on, and it's less than half the price. Not only is it super easy because Mint Mobile is the first company ever to sell premium wireless service online exclusively, but their phone plans start at an almost too good to be true $15 a month. And they all include unlimited talk and text with high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. They even let you use the same phone from your previous carrier. All you've got to do is activate the Mint Mobile eSIM and you'll be good to go before you can say, when is this ad going to be over? Chances are you're watching this video on a phone right now. These things have taken over our lives, but they don't have to drain our bank accounts too. So if you want to start saving money with a $15 a month wireless plan and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash solo. That's M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash solo. For Heracles' fourth major labor, he was given the task of capturing the wild and tameless Arimanthian boar. And on his way to Mount Arimanthos, he made a stop at the cave of Pholus, a wise old centaur. The two shared a dinner, and Heracles went ahead and opened a bottle of wine. Only, that turned out to be a horrible idea, because that particular wine was given to the centaurs by Dionysus, the wine god himself, and was extremely potent. The smell of fermented grapes wafted through the mountains and attracted Pholus' fellow centaurs to his cave. Looking for a good time, they snatched up the bottle and passed it among themselves, without realizing the wine was to be mixed with water first, and they got so drunk 
they picked a fight with Hercules. Outnumbered and not willing to risk getting ripped apart by belligerent horsemen, Hercules whipped out his bow and arrow and fired volley after volley at his attackers, who retreated immediately when they discovered the arrows were dipped in poisonous Hydra's blood. The centaurs were fast, but Hercules managed to slay the vast majority of them, and the few who did survive wouldn't last much longer. But more on them later. This is another labor that requires me to set the stage a bit. In the early days of humanity, man didn't have fire and the titan Prometheus thought we should because fire is super useful. But Zeus was like, fire is just for the gods. And Prometheus said, I think I'm gonna take it to him anyway. When Zeus found out about Prometheus's betrayal, he bound the titan to a rock on Mount Caucasus and sentenced him to an eternity of an eagle devouring his liver. So this labor's actually kind of confusing because ancient poets moved it all over the timeline of Hercules's life. Sometimes it happened during his 11th major labor, sometimes it happened 11 seconds after the minor labor we just discussed. Normally I'd say pick your favorite because it doesn't matter, but in this case, both options give Hercules very different motivations for freeing Prometheus. So I'll break both of them down. You see, Hercules pursued the fleeing centaurs that he fought with outside of Pholus's cave, and they tried to take shelter with another wise centaur, Chiron, also known as the trainer of heroes. But Hercules, not realizing that Chiron was in his line of fire, loosed an arrow that landed in his knee. And while the poison guaranteed him death, he was immortal, meaning he was cursed to remain in unbearable pain. Thinking on his feet, Hercules ran over to Mount Caucasus and shot the eagle that was feasting on Prometheus, which got Zeus's attention immediately. Zeus asked his son what the hell he was thinking, and Hercules explained the situation to his father. That Chiron was in pain and needed to transfer his immortality to another person so he could die and be relieved. Zeus, who was literally Chiron's half-brother, wanted to give the respected teacher a way out. And so while he still wasn't over the betrayal he suffered all those years ago, he allowed Chiron to sacrifice his life to allow Prometheus to have another chance at life. Now that's option number one. In the other telling, Heracles discovers Prometheus all chained up while in the process of completing his 11th labor fetching the golden apples of the Hesperides. Prometheus warns Heracles about the dragon guarding the apples, which gives the hero the edge he needs to succeed. So to pay the Titan back for his help, he shot the eagle that was eating him and then dismantled his iron chains. You might be surprised to hear this, but Prometheus was actually featured in Disney's Hercules, the animated series. Not only did they cover his story in song, they even showed his liver being devoured. 90s Disney was punk rock. Now apparently this next encounter also took place during Hercules' 11th labor. I guess it took a while to get them golden apples. While journeying across land and sea, Hercules came across another giant named Antaeus who was the son of Poseidon and Gaia. Antaeus was a combo of a con artist and a serial killer. Whenever travelers would cross through his land, he would challenge them to a wrestling match. But here's the rub. Similar to Alkyonis, Antaeus was invincible and blessed with super strength as long as he was in physical contact with his mother, the Earth. Making use of his every advantage, Antaeus would toy with his opponents until smashing their head into the Earth, killing them. Then he'd pull a predator by removing their skulls and polishing them off before adding them to the temple he constructed in honor of his father. To which Poseidon responded, I never asked you to do that. 
Antaeus bit off more than he could chew with Hercules, though. Using advice he received from Athena, the hero lifted the giant off the ground so he'd lose his abilities, which allowed Hercules to squeeze him tighter and tighter and tighter until his ribs fractured and his torso was completely crushed. Then, to really prove his dominance, he charmed Antaeus' wife into bed and she had his baby. Some of the ancient poets described a pair of brothers who specialized in dishonesty. Their cleverness earned them the title of the Cecropes, which translates to monkeys. And just like Antaeus, they chose the wrong mark. We don't have many details about their encounter with Hercules, besides the fact that they tried to rob him in his sleep, but he captured them. In some versions, he straight up kills them for their transgressions, but in my favorite telling, he finds the brothers to be pretty funny and lets them go with a warning. Zeus wouldn't take so kindly to their shenanigans though, and he eventually got so tired of them screwing people over that he turned the Cecropes into literal monkeys. No matter who's wearing the crown, there's always someone out there who thinks they could be doing a better job. And for Zeus, those someones were Apollo and Poseidon. After he found out about their plan to usurp his throne, he punished them by stripping them of their powers and sentencing them to one year of servitude to King Laomedon, who was just the worst. Apollo and Poseidon spent that year building a beautiful wall around his city, but when the time came to pay them, he flat out refused. So when they were given their powers back, priority number one was making him regret that decision. Apollo shot an arrow cursed with pestilence into Troy, where Laomedon ruled, and Poseidon sent a sea monster to devour some of the Trojan residents. Then, as an attempt to pacify the angry gods, Laomedon ordered for his daughter, Hesione, to be sacrificed to the monster. Now, it just so happened that Hercules was sailing by Troy when all of this was going down. He just completed his ninth major labor of retrieving the belt of Hippolyta, the Amazonian queen, that he ended up having to murder. He saw Princess Hesione strapped to a rock just off the coastline, and he called out to King Laomedon, offering to just kill the monster instead in exchange for payment in the form of the invincible horses that legend said Laomedon had. Laomedon agreed to those terms, and Hercules killed the beast in about three and a half seconds, which is almost as long as it took him to kill the thing in the Disney movie. No, I'm not talking about the Hydra. I mean that green sea monster we see for half a second during the Zero to Hero song. Disney got real specific with their references. Anyway, would you even be surprised if I told you that after the task was done, Laomedon also refused to honor his payment to Heracles? Yeah, this guy saw my man single-handedly slay a sea monster and save his whole city, then refused to give him even one invincible horse. It's because of this that a few months later, Hercules returned to Troy with some friends and absolutely trashed the place. At the beginning of this episode, we talked about Hercules defeating the river god Achilles to win the hand of his wife, Dionyra. But what I didn't mention is that there's another myth where he simply has to get her into bed with him for her to be all his. Now in this other version, found in Hyginus's Fabulae, her father is King Dexaminus, not Onius. And because her encounter with Heracles happens early on when completing his labors, she has to wait around at her father's palace for his indentured servitude to be complete so he can claim his prize. That took a little longer than anticipated, and during that time, another suitor showed up. A centaur named Eurytion, who had just escaped being slaughtered by Heracles outside of Pholus's cave. 
Dainira's father was too scared to reject the centaur's advances, and so he actually agreed to give up his daughter. Luckily, Hercules walked through the door just at the right time and wasn't having any of this shit. Using his trusty club, Hercules painted the walls with Eurytion's brains, then took his very thankful, albeit traumatized bride, back to his home city. Fortunately, for storytelling purposes, Hercules' ninth and final labor took place on that same commute to his home city. He and Dionyra came across a river that had flooded thanks to the recently melted snow. And just when they were considering how to get across it, who should show up but Nessus, another survivor of the Centaur Massacre from six labors ago, and the inspiration for the Nessus character in the movie, who also lived in a river and made a move on Hercules' woman. Anyway, Nessus told Hercules there was no hard feelings about killing all his family and friends, and then he offered to carry Dianyra across the river while the heroes swam in front of them. Hercules took him up on this proposal, threw his bow and club to the shoreline across the way so they didn't weigh him down, and dove into the water. Only when he emerged on the other side, he saw that Nessus had pulled a 180 and was now running off with the princess. The hero was furious, but he stayed calm. He picked up his bow, pulled a single arrow out of its quiver, and launched it at the would-be abductor, whose eyes went wide with terror when he saw the pointy end tear through his chest. The death of Nessus would mark the end of Hercules' minor labors, but the centaur refused to let his death go unavenged, and he told Dianyra that she could use the blood from his tunic to brew a love potion for Hercules if he ever seemed bored with her. It was a total fabrication. But Dianyra was so worried that Hercules would leave her as soon as he saw the next pretty young thing that she didn't bother to second guess her source. And years later, she attempted to deceive her husband. Depending on the version, she either gave Hercules Nessus's tunic to wear, or she used the blood from Nessus's tunic to make a salve and then spread that on a new tunic. I prefer option number two because I highly doubt that Hercules would have put on clothes that were already soaked in blood. Chances were he'd get blood on it himself anyway, so for him that'd be like buying pre-ripped jeans. Well, either way, the moment that Hercules put the tunic on, he wished he had it. The Hydra's poison soaked into his pores and entered his bloodstream, lighting his nerve endings on fire and causing his blood to boil and hiss. The tunic also grafted itself to his skin, so when he tried tearing it off, his muscles and sinews came with it, leaving only exposed bloody bone behind. The reason Hercules was suffering so much was because he was immortal, meaning that the poison could cause him all the pain it normally would, but he couldn't die from it. This left him with no other choice but to make a funeral pyre, and with the help of a guy named Philatetes, he literally burned away his physical form, and soon after, his spirit was welcomed to Olympus by everyone but Hera. So it turns out the end of the Disney movie captures the end of his true story pretty perfectly. They just left out some of the pain, misery, and bloodshed. How wholesome. Now, if you've enjoyed learning about some of the least important things Hercules ever did, why not refresh yourself on his other achievements by watching my episode on his 12 labors over on YouTube. Between that episode and the messed up origins of Hercules, you'll not only know pretty much everything there is to know about the hero, but you'll also get to see how much the show has evolved its presentation over the years. 
and how much muscle mass I've lost. Before you go though, if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you sacrifice the five-star button to the algorithm gods, follow our show for new mythology and folklore content every Friday morning, and subscribe to us on YouTube or social media for bonus short-form content every weekday. I'll speak with you again next week when I break down the messed up origins of traffic cones. Until then, my name is John Solo, and remember, John shot first.